The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. Welcome, beautiful humans, back to the Feeling Alive podcast in 2022. Thank you for joining me. What a wild ride I have been on since beginning this podcast. I started this podcast in October 2019, and it hit me like like that in an instant, the inspiration to start this podcast. I started it at a time when I just moved to Bali and I was listening to, I think it was a Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi uh, training and they talked about becoming the, uh, was it becoming the master or becoming the expert and becoming the expert and I just left my, my home and my the comforts of my home city in Australia to with Danielle to move to Bali and I've like was just helping co-facilitate a retreat I landed in Bali and we just jumped straight into this retreat and I was hanging around some you know really awesome people and I was listening to this training and the training said for you to become an expert you first must become the reporter and I was and they talked about like interviewing people doing going out in the field and and interviewing people to learn all there's a way of like sharing information through a channel but also learning information absorbing information and so that's what i did i um i started the the podcast so i could become an expert isn't that funny um and i had three interviews i just i decided overnight and i'm like okay i know i'm just gonna figure this out i had a i had a little lapel mic one of those ones that you clip to your shirt and I could plug it into my phone and I just recorded, I set up some places because in Bali on the beach and I just recorded with this lapel mic and I had three guests. One was Danielle, then the other one was Mitch Falani, a friend of mine, a now good friend of mine. And uh, the other one was a holistic psychologist. Sheesh, I can't remember her name now. But um, they were my first three episodes and I did it. it was like, yep, set it up, boom, 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 went after it. And they were, it was awesome fun. I had the camera set up. I had the tripod set up. I was like, you know, wrote down some questions. I was like, this is the topic I want to do. Cool. And we're like filming it outside. And the, the it was just so fun. I enjoyed it. And they were like 30 minute episodes or maybe even shorter. And I didn't really know where it was going to go. I had no freaking idea. And it evolved over time. I went from interviewing people and as I evolved, I was like, I don't really want to interview um, people anymore. I just wasn't doing, I did like, I think I did like, well, okay. So I did 30 episodes of interviewing people. I think it was like 35 episodes of interviewing people and guests. And then I started the Woke Man series. So that was a sub series on the Feeling Alive podcast. Um, and I started that because that was another impulse. That was another moment where I was like, I was in Bali at this point. It was like maybe eight months after I'd been living in Bali. Um, I think it was May. Yeah, it was May 2020. So I'm riding down to the gym on my scooter in Bali, going to the gym, and then it just like hits me. Woke man. 
interview 100 men, make this a case study and show them how, show other men, use it as an, a tool of inspiration to show how other men have a, to show men who are awakening now what the path may look like and how to pre- best prepare for it based on all these people's experiences. And uh, my intention was to s- start off and interview 100 people and I was like, I've got to figure out, I've got to find 100, 100 conscious men. <laughs> I got to 72 um, I met an incredible group of men along the way, but at the end of it, I I got to 72 and I was like, I need a break, man. I'm done interviewing. And at this point, I wasn't interviewing anyone else for my podcast, but I hadn't declared that. I just naturally wasn't. And so I was going to start to um, do more solo podcasts, which is what I'm doing now, right? But at first, I just had to sort of put off work, man. I was like, you know what? I'll finish it one day. And I was collecting all the data. So I had one of my assistants, one of my team members. She was like listening to the episodes and extracting all the information so we could create like data and case studies and like look at like percentages and stuff. And, you know, obviously I've grown to a point now where I'm like, eh, it's just sort of not my vibe right now, but it was my vibe back then. And it was perfect back then. And so sometimes what we can find is like if we don't finish things, we are bad or we feel guilty because everyone's like, oh, you're not a finisher because people who follow through with things are the most successful people in the world. But that's just a story, right? And because there's a whole another group of people that say you can't fail. And if you look at failure as a thing that's wrong, then you failed. And so on one hand, you've got a story that says, if you, fall, if you, if you don't follow through, then you're not going to be successful. And on the other side, from the exact same group of people, it's saying, if you can't, if you think you're going to fail, then you've failed because you can't fail. And that's the, and that, and I choose that. And I'm like, I believe in that. I can't fail. But there's two contradictive stories here from the same group of people. And that's sort of what I've come to learn over time was like, no, I don't listen to the stories of other people and their belief systems because everything is just a projection from someone's belief system, right? Even what I say, it's just my belief. It's my perspective. It's how I choose to live, right? But that wasn't serving me because I was like, I don't really, I was feeling it in my body. It was like, it's time. Workman's done. But I wouldn't allow myself to acknowledge that. And so I guess sort of what I wanted to, I was just, this is a, this is a spontaneous sort of share, right? Didn't really intend to start with this, but it just came out. But now I just see in 2022, you know, January 1st episode of the year, I am following that inspired guidance so much more and without the guilt of allowing when when I when I attach meaning to what I do or don't do. And it's like this is just what I want to do. And I really 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 think this is so important for you on your journey. If I could, you know, share one key point of this whole story, it is Follow your inspired guidance, not the expectations of the people around you that are saying, this is the way, that is the way. If you don't do this, then you won't be that. If you do this, then you won't be that. So truth is, there's no one way. There's just your way. I've always said that on this journey. There's no one way. There's just your way. People are creating new genres of living every single moment when they decide to rally up enough courage to lean into that guilt, to move through that fear, to overcome that doubt with a little bit more confidence and find their own path. 
Your heart is calling, but you've been listening to your head. And you're wondering why you're not going anywhere. Because you're listening to the wrong mechanism of guidance. The mechanism of guidance that is serving us now and that is the most important element of finding your true path, your destiny, your purpose, your calling, your passion, is the heart. That is the seat of the soul. It speaks to you through feelings. It gives you an inclination when things aren't so right. It will give you an inclination when things are right, but then the fears might overcome it. Or the doubt might criticize your way and say, no, their way is better because that's already been proven to be successful. Okay? So listen to your heart. Follow, and I call it, follow your inspired guidance. It takes, it's taken me a long time to get to that point, like comfortably. Um, you know, enough to probably really share this from a very embodied space now. I think if I had done this podcast, probably like, six months ago maybe even three months ago i wouldn't i wouldn't be have embodied it enough following your inspired guidance is listening to the divine um the divine guidance in your heart listening to your higher self listening to your true destiny listening to your guides listening to your calling there is only one path there's only one path for you when you listen to your heart because now when we when we don't when we start to listen to the stories in our head or the people around us the opinions and criticism of others the judgment of others we have all these paths opened and all these doorways that are like half cracked this one's half open this one's a bit closed because you're too scared to go in that one because that person says don't go there do this don't do that and so you've all got these opinions and they're just scattering your energy everywhere close all the doors of everyone else's opinion and expertise Spend some time to actually tune in to what you want. What do you... Uh, there's two questions that I've given my, two of my, three of my private clients recently, just the other day, was, um, what do you truly love? That's question one. Two, what do you truly want? Explore the shit out of those two questions explore that and allow yourself to explore that i wrote a post on instagram yesterday where it was like we're still living in the frequencies of 1940 yet it's the 21st century 2022 and what i mean by that is We've got this idea that we can't do certain things because it's not safe enough, it's not secure enough, it's not the it's not the right way. It's it's risky. There there is less risk than ever before in life. And that's that's when we're actually just in general, and if we add to that of like going out there and going after, add to that following your heart, would there be risk anyway? There is no risk when you're truly trusting yourself. And isn't that a really, really hard-hitting aspect? If I say that again, trust yourself. When you listen to your heart, you're listening to a part of you that is so divinely intelligent that you can't go wrong. You just can't. 
And that's how I see life. And that's how I walk every single day. I tune into that and I say, what do you want to do? And I'll check myself. Maybe I'm still listening to a story. I'm not perfect. Maybe I am still being overpowered by an expectation of someone else. By a frequency of 1940. Maybe I'm still doing that. But if I, if I don't check in, I don't know. It's like, you don't have to put down the phone. or You don't have to like do a powerful morning routine. You know, just add one thing to your day. Check in with yourself. Okay, this is what's coming. This is what I want to do. Or this is what's presenting itself. Do I want to do that or not? And it will take time for you to transition out of something that you're not doing if you're stuck in something, you know, a job or career or a relationship or, you know, location. If there's places that you don't want to be. Like one of my mates just said, I'm, I'm moving from this suburb, selling my house and I'm moving to the beach. I'm just going to rent. He's getting out of an old story. He's changing his environment because that feels good to him. And when you feel good, that frequency is the most magnetic. If you're doing something, the expectation of someone else and you don't quite like it, you don't quite enjoy it, then you're lowering your energetic capacity to bring forward what you really, really want. And you're going to try and, and, and you're going to spend the rest of your time struggling and striving for something that you want. And it's always going to be an effort. But if you follow your heart, it becomes effortless. How does that look? How does that feel? Tune into that. How does that look and how does it feel to follow my heart? I ask a question, a very loaded question. Who are you? When you, when you, when you ask those two questions, you're really trying, tapping into that truth. You ask the two questions that I said before, sorry. You, you identify a big portion of who you are. What do I truly love? What do I truly want? And when you're diving into that, you go, oh, I like that, but that's not realistic. I don't care about realistic right now. I actually don't. I don't want to live a realistic life. I want to live an unreal life. Because when we're living an unreal life, we're getting out of the reality that was set before us. The foundation that was built energetically from the 1940s from the wars, from the Great Depression, from the starvation, from the suppression, the oppression, the slavery, the racism, the misogyny, the systemic misogyny. We're breaking out of all those old structures, thanking them because they gave us this awareness on how to live now. And we're bringing in a new foundation. But just add something else in first. Don't worry about what you're doing and how you got to get rid of things. Don't worry about what you've got to get rid of. Worry about what... Start to, start to concern yourself with what you've got to bring forward. What do I got to bring in? Bring in my heart. Become the heart-led hero in your own story. It's not always going to be the most comfortable path. But that doesn't mean it has to be hard. It's only you that decides to struggle. Sometimes we think that it's a circumstance that's making us struggle. But it's only how we perceive the circumstance. It really is only how we perceive the circumstance. I know a lot of us can get really stuck in our circumstances. And the moment that we become our circumstances... We lose touch with who we truly are, our spirit. 
I was talking with one of my clients the other day. You know, it was funny because three of my clients actually had these same situations. And it was all very interesting because it was like the same theme that I was talking to all of them about. And that's just sort of what we're dealing with in collective energy right now, right? Because you're starting to witness that in all three of them. I'm starting to witness that in all three of them at the time. I was like, wow, there's an interesting collective energy happening right now around all of this, around tapping in and allowing yourself to really be who you want to be and desire and, and, and want what you want in life, to allow yourself to want these things. But sometimes when our circumstances overpower us and we become our circumstances, we do everything to try and control the outcome. And we let go of our heart and we go straight into our head and we say, how can I fix this? How can I do this? And we stress about it. We worry about it. We concern ourselves with it over and over and over again. What can I do to do this? How can I change this? How can I do that? And while, yes, there are times where your hands need to be um, on, on deck, there's the hands of the infinite all around you. There's the hands of the divine all around you. That's where the miracles come in. That's where the things outside of this realm can come in and change things for us and so i always say there's only three things you can control your thoughts your actions your attitude when you're outside of those three controls you're in stress so okay here right now this is my circumstance what are my thoughts okay this is what i'm dealing with what are my actions towards this okay how can i change my actions to let go of this stress well one take a step back go from the pixel to the big picture unpixelate, depixelate your life. Step out, big picture, bird's eye view. See what else can be done from another way of looking at things. Three, what's my attitude? Am I being unconsciously being warped into this as a victim? And I say unconscious because all of us are at some level are an unconscious victim. But can we become the conscious creator? Can I say... This is circumstances, my responsibility, not someone else's because now I take the power out of that and someone else's hands and I bring it back to me and say, okay, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? There's only so much you can do about things. I've had to teach myself this time and time again. I just told one of these stories the other day about where I freaked out because something wasn't working out my favor i was in vietnam no i was going to vietnam i was on the last day of my visa in bali and they charge you like a hundred or a hundred or three hundred to three hundred i can't remember a hundred or three hundred dollars a day outside i think it was three hundred so every day you overstay your visa you get charged three hundred dollars and at this point in my life i had a thousand bucks in my bank that was a friday or i think it was a friday and I knew on Monday I was going to get some money into my account. And so I was like, okay, we've already paid for our flights. We've got our accommodation in Vietnam. You know, a thousand bucks is easy. Vietnam's cheap. And I looked up before. I'm like, no, I looked up for what visas Vietnam needed. I didn't see anything. So I don't know how I didn't see anything because that definitely wasn't the case. I get to, I get to um, the airport. We get there on time. No worries. We checking in and the lady says to me, um, do you have your visa for Vietnam? And I said, I checked online and it says you don't need a visa. She's like, no, you need a visa or they can't board your plane. And I was like, what? 
And so I got on my phone. She said, you should be able to get one on your phone if you're really quick. And there was one there for like 15, you can get it in 15 minutes. And it costs, it costs like just under $400 per person. And Danielle and I had to both get one. It was like 400 and something. Yeah, Australian. And I'm like, I looked at Danielle, I was like, holy shit, check this out. She's like, we just need to get it. I was like, okay. And, and we were living that whole time um, with all our cash so we didn't have any credit cards or anything. And so I was like, okay, we need to pay for this. But they're starting to like call for last call, right? So they're like, we've got to sort of move on. We've, we've got to move through this. We've got to hurry the hell up. And so I went to on my phone I went through really really quickly put all my details in made sure it was all correct got Danielle was like rattling all the, the passport numbers and off to me and everything and I'm like putting it in paid for it bam done I was like okay now we've got to wait it said up to 15 minutes and they're calling last call and I'm like pushing them I'm like guys just wait just stop we've just spent $800 of our $1000 I got 200 bucks left and I'm sort of like holy shit I need to make this flight so um the lady's like getting pressured by the bad guy. He's like on my right hand side and, and I'm like, mate, just chill. And I'm like putting my hands up in him. And Danielle's like, hasn't really seen this side of me like starting to come out. I'm a very cool cucumber. At least that's what I was portraying on the outside, you know, 95% of the time. And deep down, I really am. I'm just sort of easy going and I'm very casual and I'm very calm and I'm very grounding. But in this moment, I started freaking out because all my money worries, all these stories, this expectation was like, oh yeah, we can you know, live the two days off a thousand bucks. That'll be fine. No worries, blah, blah, blah. And I had this perfect plan set up and I'm like, we can get out on the last day. It's all going to work out. But it wasn't going to plan. I was about to miss my flight if I didn't get this visa. And so I'm like screaming at this guy, like starting to like pull my, like not screaming, but I was like starting to raise my voice to this guy on my right. The baggage guy was like telling him to hurry up and like cut it off, cut it off. And I'm like putting my hand up to him and I'm like telling this lady, come on, just, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Just wait, just wait, just wait, please, please, please. Anyway, I get the email, the visa comes in and I'm like, oh my God, we're saved. We are saved, thank God. But I've just, you know, my my heart rate's high, I'm panicking. Danielle's sort of like, what is going on? Like, she's just keeping calm. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sort of panicky one, not that Danielle was, would ever panic. She barely does as well. But then the lady's going through my visa and the person in the visa office put me down as Mrs. Luke and Danielle down as Mr. Danielle. And she saw that and she's like, "Uh, I'm sorry, sir. It's not the same as your passport. We can't let you board. And I was like, and I quickly emailed the person back and I'm like, please change this. Please change this. And she's like, I'm so sorry, sir. I can't let you board. I have to stop. I have to let the bags go through. And I've just gone, I've just like freaked. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? And Danielle looked at me. She's like, dude, go over there. Chill. I'm going to sort this out. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And I, I didn't even know. I was like, so, I was so triggered and taken aback from that. I didn't even recognize myself in that moment. And then turns out, yeah, we couldn't get the flight. And so we asked her and I was like sat down next to her. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what we're going to do. If we stay here, I don't have enough money to pay. You know, we don't, we'd have to pay the fees to, on, the, on, the, on the way out. No matter where we flew the next day, we'd have to pay. 
the over overstaying fees of a, of of three hundred dollars a day. And so Danielle checked in and said, "Do you guys have any other flights that we could jump in on after this?" And she's like, "Sorry, madam, this is our last flight for the day. We've only got one." And I'm just like, "Oh my god, we're freaking screwed!" And in that moment, I just sat up against the wall and like the floor of the and the floor of the airport. And I'm just like, ah, "Fine, this is it." And it's like that. It was just a sense of relief in my body, but I just had to let go. I'm like, yeah, this is just what it is. We lost our flights. We lost that money. We're going to lose one night's accommodation when we first get to Vietnam. Um, and now we literally don't have enough money for another flight. Nor do we have enough money. <laughs> nor do we have enough money to um, get... Nor do we have enough money to pay for the overstaying fines. Anyway, so we regrouped. We got on the floor on the floor of the airport we're sitting there and we're like okay what can we do there's no flights out on this airline and Danielle said let me just try and call my dad and we'll see if we can use some of his points I know he's got some points so we'll use some and so it was the night time there he had dengue fever and like he happened to at that point he had dengue fever he happened to answer the phone and it was like yeah yeah yeah, I'll jump up and he was like really really sick and had to log in and organize that for us and we found the flight we found a flight out that evening so we didn't have to pay and we didn't have to pay for a flight. We didn't have to pay our overstaying fees and we got to Vietnam like 12 hours later. And we still had the visa, so that was good. We ended up having the visa, you know, we paid way too much because if you, if you bought the visa, you know, a week before it was $24. So we had to pay $300, $400 for it because we needed it in ASAP, right? So we had our visas anyway, which was a lesson um, to be a little bit more diligent when you're traveling international. And then we ended up realizing that everything was going to work out, and there's always it's everything is always fixable. And whether you got you know a parent that has points on your on 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 their you know on their airline air miles or whatever you call it, or whether there's something else, you'll always find somewhere. There'll be some way. We would have just figured out another way if that didn't happen as well. And we get to Vietnam, and thank God the divine has a beautiful way of working. We picked, you know, we picked Vietnam, and it's the, one of the cheapest places to ever live. We were still able to live like eat good food and 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 go to do things with the two hundred dollars because everything is like fifty cents to two three dollars a meal. It's just so crazy, and so we ended up being okay. I got the money in my the next amount of money in my account in a couple of days time and we were fine everything was fine we got back to bali and and everything came came back through but the the point of my story here is i talk about this being like letting go of expectations and letting go to the process i was never ever ever perfect and i have been tested time and time again and that is just one example where you get to meet yourself where you get the opportunity to practice the biggest divine tool out there surrender it is the most rewarding tool that i have found on my journey when we're able to let go of control and we're able to step into this state of flow and if life hits if life meets us with a brick wall look for a hammer but don't try and bunch it don't try and break the wall down with your fists Look, find the tools around you. Take your time. Go to the shed. Is there a shed? Well, is there a 
Maybe there's a phone number nearby. You can call someone who's a who's a, a has a demolition company. You know, metaphorically speaking, just take your time. Step back. Don't let the door dishearten you you from going after what you want. Don't think it's your full responsibility to be the one that breaks down that brick wall that or, or that door. Allow yourself to see the grace around you before you actually experience the grace. And that's a cultivated muscle over time. Like you go to the gym, you never, you know, and you want to dream build your dream body. Dream body doesn't happen overnight. Neither does surrender, neither does courage, neither does faith. It happens over time through experience. And that's the truth. So I talk about this, you know, following inspired guidance and going after your heart going after what your heart wants and when things seem to get tough or stressful let go of control start to see the big picture not just the pixel life can become very pixelated when you're in your head when you're in your heart you zoom out you see as if you're an eagle soaring miles high in the sky And with such precise vision, you can see the mouse on the ground that you want. You can see the thing that you want to go after when you're allowing yourself to flow effortlessly through the sky, catching the drift, spreading your big wings, taking a breath. Relax. Everything happens at the perfect time for you. You are the answer that you need. You are the answer that you need, my friend. So, I hope this episode has inspired you to live in your own source of inspiration. To take a step each day on the path that you want to walk on not the path that others force you to walk on. We're living in 2022, not 1922. So remember that the frequency now is very different to the frequency then. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and there's never been a better time to be alive. Death is knocking on everyone's door and it's coming to yours at some point. So you can live knowing that one day when death does knock on your door, you're proud that you actually did something that you really enjoyed and that you really wanted to do in life. Or you can become the walking dead when you walk someone else's path. And when you walk someone else's path, then you're super excited when death comes knocking on your door because you're like, thank God, get me out of here. But don't let that be you. If you're listening to this, it is not going to be you. Trust me. You're already feeling the call of a different path. You're already feeling the call of your heart. That's why you're here with me. Feel alive, my friend. Much love. Ladies and gentlemen, 
you are at the end of the podcast and congratulations because you are the small 1% that actually listens to this outro.